Welcome to the Matthias Shabarker Podcast. My name is Matthias. I'm a psychotherapist from Spokane, Washington, and this is a podcast about mental health and moving towards what's meaningful, even despite hardship. Today's episode is about forgiving your parents, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on this episode that it's helpful not just maybe in processing your own upbringing and your relationship with your mom or dad, but also like as a parent, like as you're raising your own kids, this gave, you know, a pretty maybe expansive map for ways that you can actively work to give your child a really great upbringing and prepare them for what's coming on in life. And so that was really meaningful to get that feedback. So I hope as you're listening today, you're not just thinking about maybe your own upbringing, but what that could look like for the future and what these insights could mean, you know, if they were integrated into who you are as a person too. So I hope you enjoy this episode. formulate our identity based off of what our parents thought about us. Like the things that we saw and heard reflected back are the building blocks that we formulated our own view of ourselves. So maybe that was good. Maybe you got encouragement and positivity. Maybe it was uh, that you fundamentally learned that you were irritating in an interruption. You know, um, this also has implications on how we saw our parents, you know, interact with the world. Some of us had parents who saw the world as fundamentally kind of an arbitrary place full of betrayal and suffering. They were really cynical. And so that affected us deeply. That affected maybe our own sense of how we interact with the world. And we're going in expecting betrayal and suffering and failure. And, and we feel like there's nothing really that we can do to mitigate any of that. It's just futile. Some of us had parents who rose to the occasion. And it's not even necessarily maybe that they uh, they got better results out of it, but they just kind of, when, when confrontation presented itself to them, they rose to the occasion and they met it with nobility, with their values. They, they had conviction. And uh, they believed that if you contended with the world, if you dealt with it nobly, then there can be flourishing there can be something good that comes from that. And that dramatically shifts how we interact with the world. And so all these things have deep implications into who we are and how we interact with our own pain and suffering. And that's why parental wounds can be the deepest wounds that we hold. They matter. They're, they're sewn into the fabric of our deepest foundations. And that's why forgiveness feels so far off. It feels almost impossible sometimes because it's like um, sometimes forgiveness is pitched as just trying to like let go or pretend that those wounds didn't matter when in reality it's those wounds that matter the most. Because your suffering mattered. The ways that you felt abandoned matter. And uh, your healing matters. And so forgiveness, when I talk about forgiving parents, I'm not talking about dismissing any of that or minimizing it. I'm just not. I actually want to create freedom and healing in that space. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So maybe let's start with this. Let's start with what should a parent be? What's the role of a parent? And there's lots of ways to organize this. Here's kind of the way I break it down is a parent has four responsibilities to create a sense of safety, to nurture, to equip, and then to encourage. Meaning um, 
you know, and equipping has a lot to do with making sure that the child feels that they have the tools that they need to interact with the world and get out of the world what they're seeking. Or at least if they fail to learn how they feel and then to adjust course, to not feel like they're defeated by that or that's that there's something insufficient and then that's irreparable, but to be able to maybe assess what's wrong and then to move forward, right? And that's done in the context of having their needs met, having nurture, and then also feeling safe like they, um, they're not in threat constantly. And, and that encouragement is like this indwelled sense of autonomy. This, this like, if I try, maybe I'll win. You know, that's, that's kind of the idea. That, that's the responsibility of a parent. And sometimes those are divided between a mother and father, right? So like the nurture safety goes to mother, the equipping uh, encouragement goes to the father. But I mean, I mean, honestly, those roles can be switched. Like, uh, you know, some parents, every parent does a version of all four of those. And so, and different cultures organize that differently. So uh, that's good and fine. Hmm. So let's, let's maybe move to this is, um, our parents fundamentally fail at at least one of those, maybe all of those. And that creates damage and that has repercussions and how we experience the world in unique ways. Like if you didn't experience a lot of nurture as a child, when you don't experience nurture, it's really hard to have an awareness of your own needs. It's really difficult to, um, to recognize a healthy and an unhealthy environment. And so maybe you're in a dating relationship and you, you think everything's going fine and then it ends in betrayal. You're just blindsided and, and you just don't even know what freaking happened. And, and uh, maybe then it happens to you again and again and you're like on your fifth relationship where things just like crumbled in front of you and you're like, is something just wrong with me? Like, what's going on? And, and that's a, you know, usually a telltale sign that that you don't have a good awareness of the pieces that were leading up to that event that were maybe the red flags and the signs telling you that that person wasn't trustworthy. And that is an error in equipping and nurture. Because like, think about like if a toddler's playing with a dog, right? If a toddler's playing with a dog, you need to supervise, you need to make sure that the toddler doesn't like pull the dog's tail. Because if you know he or she does, then the dog will kind of nip at him and, and bite him. And so if a toddler was just playing and, and had no awareness of any of that, no coaching, they're just gonna be playing with the dog and then out of nowhere, the dog just bites them. And they're like, oh, I guess dogs aren't safe. I just need to avoid dogs or dogs don't like me, right? Those are the conclusions. They rush to these giant generalizations that aren't true. But if they had the coaching, it's like, hey, just don't pull the tail. The dog will be very friendly. Just don't pull the tail. Then the child can have a great friendship with that dog. And that's kind of the case in all of life is like, Sometimes we run into these just catastrophes and people absolutely just run into strokes of bad luck where people are malicious and betray and there was no signs of it all it just happened that, that absolutely is true. But, but most of the time there's these signs, there's these signals along the way that if you pay attention, if you know to look for them, will let you know if you're in a situation that's safe and trustworthy or not. And that's the job of a parent. It's the job of a parent to not just show them those things in isolated cases, but then to train them how to raise their awareness and assess situations to look for um, trustworthiness, reliability, aspects like that. You know, and the truth of the matter is that parents fail in these categories, and um, and sometimes they fail because they just uh, they can't read their child's mind, right? Like maybe the child looks like they're doing great. They're just kind of quiet. Everything is kind of happening, happening internally. And so they, they're like, oh, they must be doing okay. They must be doing fine. And, and but, but in reality, there's a whole internal world of stuff that they're not attending to and needs and nurture that that child needs that they just didn't have an awareness of. Um, other times, maybe it's because the parent is really focused on a goal, like get them into college, make sure you get good grades, 
you know, be a great baseball player, whatever. It's, it's, there's, there's this goal that kind of distracts them from the internal needs that the child has. Maybe it's just that the parent is in a hurry um, or they're irritable or they're tired or they feel distracted or they're going through some sort of suffering themselves. Maybe their parent is dying. Maybe they have a health crisis. Maybe they, um, maybe there's another child in the family, a sibling of yours that's going through crisis. And so all the attention goes to them and then you felt like you were kind of in the shadow. You know, there's other situations where the parent um, knowingly doesn't nurture their child or, or attend to their needs because maybe they're preferring their own comfort or their own pleasure or they're avoiding their own pain and they take avoiding their own pain more seriously than attending to their child's needs. Like maybe you had a parent that was um, dependent on a substance that was consistently dating person after person and bringing people into the home because they had unmet needs in their own heart. Because, hey, you know, and maybe their parent didn't teach them how to nurture themselves and so they don't know how to nurture you, but, but they sure don't seem to be trying to figure it out. And then there's other people who have parents that actually take delight in tormenting their children and in abusing their children and uh, find pleasure in it. I've, I've seen those parents. I've reported those parents. Some people think that doesn't exist, but it, it, uh, it absolutely exists. So when I talk about forgiveness, um, I don't want to do so in some cheap way where we're not acknowledging that real pain exists or that we should just let it go. Because it matters. And uh, the consequences are severe, maybe the most severe out of any relationship we have in our life. And so here's what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not um, letting people back in and trusting people again and just choosing to ignore the pain. Here's what forgiveness is. Um, I'll use an analogy. I, I borrowed my friend's truck to, to move a couple years ago and I accidentally ran into a boulder. And, and it was a silly mistake because like the boulder was in the middle of a parking lot with nothing else around it. Like I don't even know how I managed to, to ram it into the boulder. It was almost <laughs> like you'd have to almost do it on purpose. Like, but I, I didn't, it was just, I was just wasn't thinking and I just rammed into it. And so that sucked. So I accrued like $700 worth of damage. And um, I decided to pay that damage. And so what I did was like, hey, I, I damaged your truck. I'm really sorry, let, let me go fix it. And then she said, okay, yeah, go ahead. Take it to any shop you want. And so I went around, it took me a couple weeks to kind of get quotes and go to different people. And, and then I fixed, you know, the truck and, and I brought it back to him. Now, um, forgiveness is the question of what do we do about that $700? And so in this instance, she said, you go ahead and fix the damage that was done. And then you were, are going to accrue that debt that was owed, that $700. Now, if she chose to say, you know what, I'm going to fix it myself, that would be an expression of forgiveness, right? And she would say, okay, yep, I'm going to take care of it. You don't worry about it. Just drop the truck back off and home. I'm going to fix it. That would be forgiveness. Now, forgiveness would not then be, uh, hey, can I borrow your truck again next week? And then she would say yes. She could very well say, hey, you know what? Actually, last time I, I let you borrow my truck, you rammed it into a boulder for no good reason. And, and uh, so I'm not going to loan you my truck again because I don't trust you. And that, that's a separate issue. That's a totally different conversation than what do we do about the $700. So in, in this case, I, you know, I, I paid the $700 and I got it repaired. But um, parental debt is a lot more complex than just like a truck, right? Because um, you can't just take you to a body shop and then pay 700 bucks. Often the damage left by parents is, uh, it cascades into uh, lots of different 
personal choices and in ways that you're trying to interact with the world that creates suffering because you weren't equipped, right? So you're not equipped and then you go out into the world and then you experience all this suffering because you didn't have the tools that you needed to contend with everything. And so it's like the damage compounds. The damage done by the lack of proper parenting then creates damage for years to come. And so it's, it's, it's not obvious that a parent can actually pay any of that back, even if you demand it from them. And often when they try to, it gets real weird real quick because like you've, you've probably been around parents like that. Maybe your parents like that. Maybe you've seen a friend's parent where like maybe they're adults, but the parent is hypercritical and is always trying to give them advice and is treating them like a kid, even though they're not a kid. And that's usually evidence of a parent trying to equip, trying to train, trying to encourage, but, but it's inappropriate because, well, they're an adult now. They're not a child. And so when you, when you create this weird indebted relationship with the parent, it usually just turns into them trying to take over your choices and trying to control you, trying to guilt trip you and control it. Like uh, that, that's where in-law drama really happens is because a parent is trying to step into a role that is inappropriate for them. And, and, and sometimes that's motivated out of a guilt of wanting to pay back a debt that they feel like they owe to their kid because they feel that they parented insufficiently. And that's, that's a mess because what, what you'll realize is that they're not the ones who are best suited to heal the damage done. You are. And that's, um, that's not fair. And you don't deserve it. It's not your fault. But you're the one best suited to go about your own healing. Because when a parent tries to do that retroactively, it turns into weird control and codependency and criticism. And you feel that, like you feel the awkwardness of it, don't you? Like when you're in that situation, it just doesn't feel appropriate because it's not. And so when you're holding on to resentment, when you're holding on to this debt with the internal emotional demand that they make it better, that they make you feel better or undo the pain and suffering that's been a consequence of their insufficient parenting, you're, you're setting up a game that's meant for them to fail. And you're inviting weird codependency and criticism. So what do you do? You let go of the debt. You take it upon yourself to heal, to repair the damage done. It's not fair, but you're best suited for it. Um, and that doesn't necessarily then equate to welcoming, welcoming them in with trust. And there's boundaries that need to be put in place there. Um, and that's a whole nother video. Uh, and I'll and I'll speak to that next time. But but here's um, maybe a couple side notes that I think are important before we close this up. Is if you're a child, like if, if you're underage right now and you're living at home with your parents, um, if you're if you want to have conversations with your parents about maybe ways that they've been parenting you or are parenting you that you feel like they're not equipping you, they're not nurturing you, like things aren't going well, do so with the help of a counselor. Either ask them to maybe help you find a counselor, or you can even go to your school counselor at school and they can help you. Oftentimes having that third party is really good because, because you have no leverage when you live at home and if things go poorly, it's not like you can kind of go to your house and then see them next month or next week at dinner. It's like you're just down the hall from them and, and they also have the ability to discipline you if, if they feel like the conversation's not going well. And it, 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 there's a power differential that, that doesn't make for a good setting to try to pursue forgiveness and reconciliation, all right? So, Oftentimes, having a third party there, like a counselor, to help negotiate that with you and help give you strategies and, and work through that is so helpful. It's incredible. 
And so go to a school counselor and talk to them about that. If you feel like you're living at home right now and um, things are not okay and you feel like it's not even just like your emotional needs aren't being met, but you feel like your physical needs aren't being met. You feel like you're not safe. Like you're in a home that's dangerous. You need to talk to somebody. It's okay. It's okay to talk to, and here's, here's maybe my advice. Talk to three different adults that you respect and that you trust. Maybe that's a teacher. Maybe that's a youth pastor. Maybe that's a neighbor. Maybe that's a friend's parent. Tell three different people because sometimes adults don't really know what to do and they don't know if they should report or they should talk to someone or how to make that right. And so if you talk to three, then, then you have a higher likelihood that one of those is going to respond in a way that actually helps. And I know that's incredibly vulnerable and really scary to do, but your safety matters. And so reach out to somebody. Um, there's so much more to be said on the topic of... Um, what to do after forgiveness, but maybe the, the core piece to take away from all this right here to just today would be this, is that when you hold on to resentment, when you hold on to this feeling of, I need this debt to be paid, it creates codependent relationships that invite criticism and, and parents to just control your behavior and, and it feels weird and it just builds into contention. And, and I didn't mention this before, it can also actually build this desire for vengeance and revenge. And so you might even find that you're contemptuous and you're actually trying to make digs and, and, and you're provoking them because, because you feel the distance, the debt that still isn't repaired and you're angry at them for it. And so that anger then creates even more complications in that relationship. It's a bad strategy. And forgiveness is deciding, okay, I'm gonna take my healing upon myself. I don't need you to heal me. lead to freedom because you're best suited for it.